Okay, welcome back to the Clark and Miller podcast. Hello, you lovely, lovely people. It's good to see you here, even though I'm not really seeing you, but that's, you know, that's how a podcast works. Um, very quickly, who I'm, the, I'm Gabriel. I am the Clark in Clark and Miller from clarkandmiller.com. Uh, we're an English language website. We uh, try to make complicated things easier. That's our mission. Um, so when you, if you're learning English, uh, come and check out our site. Uh, we've got lots of images to help make complicated things easier, fun and interesting explanations to make things complicated things easier. And also uh, the blog may or may not feature a lot of giraffes. Uh, you can also buy a copy of my book, 102 Little Drawings That Will Help You Remember English Rules Forever, probably. Catchy title, right? Um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's about me and about Clark and Miller. And today we are going to talk about... Don't get too excited. We're going to talk about... Ergative verbs. Yeah, you heard me. Ergative verbs. Okay, what, what the hell is an ergative verb? You are probably asking, and that's a very rational question. Um, we'll, well, well, we'll find out. This is what the podcast today is about. And um, in a nutshell, ergative verbs are verbs where it's probably not a good idea to use the passive, even though you might want to. But let's, let's go step by step. Um, so first of all, uh, I'm going to give you a couple of sentences and I'm sure you'll immediately be able to recognize what's wrong with them. Uh, these are classic examples. Okay, so the first one, uh, some people in a factory made my phone in China. Now, some people in a factory made my phone in China, sentence one. Sentence two, some guy who might or might not have been Lee Harvey Oswald or the CIA shot Kennedy in 1963. So we've got two rather ridiculous sentences. Um, sentence one, some people in a factory made my phone in China. And sentence two, some guy who might or might not have been Lee Harvey Oswald or the CIA shot Kennedy in 1963. Okay, weird sentences, awkward sentences, ridiculous sentences. Why? Well, we know we don't need the people in a factory part. And we also don't need the some guy who might or might not have been Lee Harvey Oswald or the CIA part either. We know that already, right? Uh, these are unnecessary subjects, unless we believe it was Oswald. And then we just say Oswald shot Kennedy. But I'm not going there at all. That is a podcast that I am <laughs> not going to touch. Uh, so yeah, we have these uh, ridiculous subjects and we, we don't know who the subjects are. Some people in a the factory, they're not important. Um, some guy who might, might not have been Lee Harvey Oswald or the CIA, we don't know who the subject is. So when we use the subjects in these sentences, we have what I like to call the awkward active. Some people in the factory made my phone in China, an awkward active. Some guy who might or might not have been Lee Harvey Oswald or the CIA shot Kennedy in 1963, the awkward active. Uh, so what's the usual solution to these awkward active sentences? Well, the usual solution is to uh, make them passive. Passive is the answer. So yeah, we would say, and I'm sure you already know this already, this is textbook example. We would say, my phone was made in China. Or Kennedy was shot in 1963. Okay, classic examples of passive sentences. Uh, 
Um, that way we can avoid the awkward active. All right, I'm sure you already know this stuff, but uh, so yeah, the subject is unknown or unimportant or just obvious uh, and basically unnecessary. So we use the passive. But with some verbs, verbs like open or restart or boil or break or crack, we don't often use the passive. Uh, instead, we swap the subject and the object. And that's it. The verb doesn't change. The verb stays the same. Uh, these are called ergative verbs. Uh, they keep the same meaning even when the subject and the object are swapped, which is very strange, logically odd, but that's the power of ergative verbs. They're very, very versatile. Um, and they often sound a little strange when you actually use them in the passive. Um, all right, we're going to look at some examples of that. Um, so when can we use these ergative verbs? Well, uh, there are different reasons, and they're mostly similar to the reasons we use the passive. Um, they all help avoid the awkward active. Um, so we're going to look at the three sort of main categories that I've, I've created for, for ergative verbs. We use them when we, one, don't care about the subject. Um, two, when uh, something does the action to itself. And three, when we want to avoid responsibility. Uh, let's look at some examples. Uh, first of all, um, we're going to look at how we use it when we don't care about the subject. So uh, verbs like this, uh, verbs, ergative verbs that we use when we don't care about the subject include open, close, start, change, stop, and uh, also lots of cooking verbs, verbs related to cooking. Uh, verbs like uh, boil, roast, freeze, dry, defrost, melt, bake, and cook. Okay, so let's look at uh, an example. We're going to look at one example, and it's going to basically cover most of this category. Um, uh, and we'll just look at, let's say, open. Um, I want you to imagine uh, somebody called uh, Danny. Uh, Danny owns a cake shop. And he... He owns this cake shop in Buttlesworth Rye, a small town in England that may or may not actually exist. Well, it doesn't. I completely made it up. Good name, though, isn't it? Buttlesworth Rye. Uh, the people in Buttlesworth Rye are early birds, and they like buying cake on their way to work so they can give cake to their bosses when it's their birthday. Um, so uh, because of this, uh, Danny opens the shop every day very early at five o'clock. So when you're on your way to work at six o'clock in the morning and you've got a million things to think about and you just need to get a cake because it's your boss's birthday. Your boss is called Barry. Um, your boss is Barry's birthday. And you, you don't really care who opens the shop. You just want to know whether the shop's open so you can get Barry's cake and maybe get one step closer to that promotion. So you're on your way to work and you don't know the town well. You're new in town. So you call your friend Lexi. Now, Lexi, she knows everything about everything in Buttersworth Rye. Uh, she's lived there all her life. And she knows about whether you can get cake at six o'clock in the morning. So you ask her. You call her up and you ask her. And what does she say? Well, if she says Danny opens the shop at five, it would be a bit strange, right? You're not interested in who opens it. You don't even know Danny. Um, so why would Lexi say Danny opens the shop at five? This is an awkward active. 
your reaction would be, who's Danny and why are you talking about him? Um, usually in this situation, as we looked at before, when we don't care about the subject, we would just use the passive, like in the Kennedy example or my phone was made in China example. But because this is an ergative verb, this actually sounds a little strange and it does something different um, than normal verbs. When you say something, if Lexi says, for example, the shop is opened at five, it kind of makes you want to say, who, who opened the shop? I must know now. It suggests the subject even though we're using the passive to not use the subject, when we use the passive with an ergative verb, we have the subject in our heads. It's presenting itself. Um, we just don't really use the passive with ergative verbs. Um, when we do use the passive, it makes us think a lot about the subject. So, yeah, if you say the shop is opened at five o'clock, there's a strong suggestion of... Um, of, of, of the person who's opening the shop. Uh, so when we have Kennedy was shopped, <clears throat> for example, the subject, uh, some mysterious person, maybe Oswald, maybe the CIA, I don't know. The subject's just ignored. The subject isn't presenting itself. Kennedy was shot. We're focusing on Kennedy and we're focusing on the shooting. But when we have the shop is opened at five, the subject is still there somehow in the air, suggesting itself. So... Because it's a negative verb, we don't need to use that passive. We can just say, the shop opens at five. Okay, that was a long way to get to a very simple sentence. But I just wanted to talk you through the reasons why we, we do this. <clears throat> and why ergative verbs work a bit differently than normal verbs. Um, let's just look at some more examples. Let's see how this works with some other ergative verbs. Let's look at the verb uh, begin. Um, so... We can say, if we want to, it's technically possible, we can have a sentence like, the writer began the book with a chapter about giraffes. The writer began the book with a chapter about giraffes. But it feels a bit weird, doesn't it? It doesn't sound right, it doesn't settle quite correctly. Um, in almost every situation, that would be a, an unusual sentence. So uh, don't use that sentence, please. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we know a writer wrote the story because, well, first of all, the verb is right. And also, it's a book. Of course, it has a writer. Um, so because begin is an ergative verb, the passive, if we use the passive, again, like with uh, Danny and the cake shop, the passive makes us think of the unspoken subject when the unspoken subject is unnecessary. So don't say... Oh, God, it sounds weird. The book was begun with a chapter about giraffes. That is just a weird, weird, weird sentence. We must never you never go there. Uh, it's better to say, and I'm sure you're with me now, it's an ergative verb, no passive, just change the subject and the object. Um, the story begins with a chapter about giraffes. Okay, so that's it. You've got it, right? Let's look at a couple more examples. We'll go a bit quicker this time. Um, so we got the verb start. Uh, so we have a sentence, someone unimportant started the meeting early. No. What about the meeting was started early? The passive. Still no. It's ergative. You know what that means. Just straight up, the meeting started early. Yes, that's the one. Um, and yeah, we can have it with the verb stop. We have a sentence like, the car stopped suddenly. 
No, not a self-driving car, not yet, but they are coming and I can't wait until we have self-driving cars. Um, but because we're not interested in the driver, because the behavior of the car is more important, we can just use this uh, verb ergatively. The car stopped suddenly. Not someone stopped the car and not the car was stopped. Just the car stopped suddenly. Um, we also have verbs like boil and roast and fry and cook. Um, you'll find a lot of ergative verbs in cooking instructions. Um, and sure, sometimes the person is important in cooking, in cook cooking instructions. Uh, so sometimes the awkward active isn't actually that awkward. Um, so, for example, you have um, you might find in a in a cookbook something like. Then you need to roast the avocados for 20 minutes. Fine, we're using roast with, a, with you as the subject. But you can also switch the subjects and focus on the food, that delicious food. So you can say, um, then the avocados roast for 20 minutes. Or you can say, let the tofu boil before adding the herbs. Um, things like that. So yeah, the, the avocado roasts or, <clears throat> or the tofu boils or the cabbage fries and I'm just thinking about what kind of weird meal I'm making with fried cabbage boiled tofu what and uh roasted avocados but you know experimental cooking is um can be quite fun okay so that's basically when <clears throat> when the subject is unimportant or we don't care about the subject we also use the ergative when uh something does the action to itself so uh, sometimes we don't think about someone doing something to something. <laughs> Instead, we imagine that these things kind of just do it themselves. Let me explain. Um, we use verbs like open, close, start, turn on, turn off, restart, when we talk about things doing things to themselves. Uh, this is especially common in technology. Um, as time goes on, we get closer and closer to AI and machines running the world and making us their slaves. Um, this is called the singularity. It's a, it's a sort of um, an AI theory about uh, the time when AI will eventually um, become more intelligent, more powerful than we are, and um, become the dominant species, and we become their slaves. Well, there are various theories, but us becoming their slaves is a, a frighteningly likely one. So look forward to using more ergatives as the uh, master machine race takes over the world. Um, anyway, back to grammar, safe, safe old grammar. Uh, we have things like turn off. Um, so passive doesn't work with turn off, right? If you say my phone was turned off, that definitely means that someone did it. But as we all know, this happens a lot without the help of people. Phones just sometimes just turn off by themselves. So we could use the reflexive pronoun um, itself. My phone turned itself off. My phone turned itself off. That's fine. We can use that. Um, or we can go for the ergative. Uh, my phone just turned off. I'm adding just. It adds a sense of mystery. And the ergative um, has, when we use ergatives to describe something doing something to itself, um, there is a sort of feeling of mystery. So, yeah, my phone just turned off. I don't know why. Um, 
yeah, we can um, do it with verbs like restart and crash. Um, technology. All of these have the same feeling, a feeling of the technology having a mind of its own. Uh, we totally avoid passives and sentences with someone at the beginning because there is just the technology doing this. There is no person there to, to, to make these things happen. Um, examples like, you know, my computer's just crashed or it restarted without warning. And these ergatives, as you can tell, you know, my phone just turned off, my computer's just crashed, it restarted without warning. It kind of has a sort of feeling of, of mystery and lack of control because we're not an agent in these sentences. We're not doing anything. We have no power. Um, but it is not just technology that has a mind of its own. Sometimes uh, doors creak open and windows slam closed. And these, these are great for horror stories too. So although we can say, you know, someone opened the door, when the door magically opens itself, or more likely the wind opens the door, but it seems like the door is just opening itself magically, then you'd use the ergative too. Uh, as he walked down the dark corridor, wondering where everyone was, a door to his right suddenly closed with a loud bang. So yeah, um, technology, things turning themselves off, things restarting themselves, um, and doors opening and closing themselves, all mysteriously, all without our control. Things doing things to themselves. Very useful for these, uh, very useful time to use these ergative verbs. Finally, uh, we also use the ergatives, much like the passive, when we want to avoid responsibility with verbs like break or tear or rip or crack. A very common reason to use the passive is to avoid responsibility. Um, that's when we get that sentences that politicians love. Um, they don't say, they never, ever, ever say, we made some mistakes. No, politicians often just say, mistakes were made. Avoiding responsibility. But when we talk about things breaking in one way or another, it's also common to use the ergative. So instead of saying, you know, I broke it, or someone broke it, you can just say, it broke. Uh, you dropped your phone out of the window. Then what happened? Ah, the screen cracked. Not, I cracked the screen, or the force of the phone hitting the pavement cracked the screen. The screen cracked. Um, it, it was your fault. <laughs> you dropped it out of the window. But you don't want to admit it yet. You're still very sad about your phone and, and the fact that you're going to have to pay loads of money to, to get the screen replaced. Um, and it's just going to be ugly forever until, until that happens. So, you, you know, you're sad. You don't want to admit responsibility yet. The, pho the, the screen cracked. The phone broke. Um, that £50 note I lent you, it ripped in your pocket. <laughs> that was unlucky, mate. That was unlucky. I mean, you could possibly argue that the pocket ripped the, the note, but I don't think anyone's going to believe you. Anyway, there we have it. Okay, so we have the ergative. Uh, largely when the subject isn't important, when things do things to themselves, and when um, you want to avoid responsibility. Usually we don't use the passive for these sorts of sentences. We uh, use the ergative. We just use a normal active sentence and the meaning is, is still okay. 
so yeah, there we have it. Lots of ergative verbs to use when the doer of the verb isn't important, when things magically do things to themselves, and when you just don't want to tell your auntie that you broke that expensive but ugly vase that she gave you for your birthday. You can just tell her that it's broke. All right, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. It's uh, great to have you here. Um, if you have any questions about that, do let me know. And um, I'm going to publish a, a list, a fuller list of ergative verbs with this podcast. So um, you can find that by uh, going to clarkandmiller.com, hit the link for the podcast, and um, you'll see lots of uh, useful material uh, for, this, uh, for this podcast. Um, and in this case, it's a list of useful ergative verbs with some examples. I'll probably do some examples. Yeah, 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 I'll do that. All right, cool. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, this is the Clark and Miller English podcast, and um, I'll see you next time.